Hello, happy Friday, and welcome everyone to the Citizens Advisory Podcast presented by the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. My name is Ben Herring. I am the Vice President, and I'm joined by... I am Jess Stalnecker, Executive Director of the organization, um, and we are here today to talk about House Bill 300. Um, for those of you who don't know what House Bill 300 is, Ben is going to do a deep dive for us, um, but let me give you a little bit of background to start, okay? So um, last week, um, we had a vote on House Bill 300, which is basically a non-discrimination bill, okay? And um, that sounds all good, and uh, you know we're all for non-discrimination. Um, we'll get into the meat and potatoes about why uh, this bill is, is dangerous. And so um, we had a vote in the House, the Pennsylvania House, uh, and the vote ended up being 102 affirmative votes and 98 against the bill. Um, we really just needed, right, Ben, one Democrat to vote no. And as long as everyone stuck with their constituents um, and voted on par along party lines there, this bill would have been dead in the water. Instead, we had two House Republicans, um, Alec Rincavage and Aaron Coffer, both of Luzerne County in Pennsylvania, um, vote in the affirmative. And so uh, now it moves on to the Senate. Uh, now we have to just hope that, um, you know, we don't have the votes in the Senate to to make this a law. Um, but let's talk first about what it is and why it's dangerous. Why are we, you know, why are we even talking about this? There's so much legislation that goes through that we don't even speak of, right? But this is this is a hot topic for us. Um, and so Ben, maybe you can um you can explain why. Sure. So, you know, once again, Luzerne County makes um an embarrassment of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Not only do we not know how to conduct elections here in Luzerne County, but we also apparently house politicians who decide with their personal beliefs over what the constituents believe in, which is what they're there to do is represent constituents. Right. But anyways, I digress on that one. So this bill was introduced, House Bill 300, as we know, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania in the, in the uh, House of Representatives. The interesting part, too, is the memo calls it, quote, the Fairness Act. Yes. So this is all about fairness, right? Yes. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. exactly it's amazing how, have you ever noticed that, how politicians will always word a bill that's completely opposite of what it really is? Like, mm -hmm. what was it? The the Inflation Reduction Act, which <laughs> reduced 0% of inflation. Yes. And just yeah. added to the to the debt, right? Which It's amazing. I swear to God. Inflation. I swear. You, you just have to look at the bill's name and think, okay, it's the opposite of, of right. that. So exactly. I love that. Un unfair that is that. so true. That's so true. So in this bill... Um, and we talked about that in episode one. There is a policy in most, well, in all school districts in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania known as 103. And that is your non-discrimination policy. Now, I'm going to bring that up here just for context for this for this topic. Um, in 103's policy, it doesn't allow for a student to be discriminated against based upon their gender, or excuse me, based upon their sex, their race, their religion, um, handicap if they are. So things like that, which, of course... I think 99.9% .9 of reasonable people would say, yeah, that that's the way it should be. Absolutely. What we're seeing over the last few years is an absolutely disgusting push to include, quote, gender identity. And I want to focus directly on that. Sexual orientations in this bill 
I personally have no issues with sexual orientation that doesn't pr- provide or produce a risk for children in my opinion. So we're going to leave that part out because that's not even part of what we're talking about here. Right. It's the quote, the quote, gender identity or expression. I don't even know what the heck expression means. Like if somebody flies by you on the highway and you flip them off, is that an expression? I think that's an expression. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Who the heck knows in, in, in the context of a bill, what in God's name is an expression? But anyways, so in House Bill 300, there are 37 different times where the word gender identity or expression is included. So what they're trying to do is for any public um, accessible areas, if you're in PA and you're cruising around and you're near a public area, you cannot be discriminated against because of your gender identity, whatever that is. Again, we'll, we'll talk more about that, but I don't know what that That's is. Just so everyone knows, like that, just focus on that term because that's the term that is the dangerous term, right? Like that's why we're, we continue to say that. Um, yep. We're all about non-discrimination, but when you open the door to gender identity and expression, it is a slippery slope. So that's what we're going to get into. But I just wanted to add that. <clears throat> no doubt. It's 100% a slippery slope. And that's why 98 different politicians voted against it. Because right. I think they saw exactly what we see. Which is, this is not about compassion or acceptance of somebody. It's not. When you, when you use the term, quote, identity, any given day, any given hour, any given minute, you can change your identity. There's no such objective legal term as gender identity. I don't care who you are. And if you're a lawyer and you want to call in and talk to us, I'd be happy. Please contact us because I'd love to hear anybody in any legal capacity to include an attorney that could come on and tell us what quote gender identity means or expression. Expression is even worse. So your expression can change. It can change literally by the minute. So, and not all people that, that fall in these categories are bad. Let, let, don't get it no. twisted. Don't try and twist our words. Um, there are adults that decide that they want to transition. That's fine. That's their prerogative. But where I have an issue and where we have an issue is opening this gigantic door for everybody to just basically, uh, when the wind changes, you can change you know, your opinion on things. It presents risk. And we as parents are in the business of risk management every single day. You don't let your kid just go flying down the road without a helmet on if they're on their bike. You don't let your kid cross the highway, do you? No, because you have inherently in your mind risk management. You are in charge of that child, the, the child's safety and security, and you need to make those risk-based decisions. This uh, adds a ton of risk because what happens when you get, like what happened down in Virginia, you get that bad actor that wants to hijack this and use it to their advantage because they're either a predator or potentially a pedophile, all those different things. You add this to the mix, don't you, Jess? Absolutely. I mean, we are literally, you know, when we're talking about gender identity and expression in public places, okay, everybody needs to understand that this would open the door for someone to say, I identify as a man today. And so, you know, your eight-year-old is in a bathroom at Knobles or an amusement park, and you have to worry about, you know, there being a grown man in that bathroom with your eight-year-old daughter, you know? So 
there is a ton of risk, not to mention, we said that this is called the Fairness Act. When we start talking about eligibility in sports and things like that, you know, this is opening the door for any biological male to say that they want to, you know, swim on the women's swim team or run track on the women's track team because they identify as a male or as a female. Um, how is that fair? There are biological differences between men and women. And so this, like, like Ben said, we are opening a giant, maybe this is like a better expression is the Pandora's box, right? This is a giant door that is opening that is very dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the arbiters or the, you know, the source that would come after you, if you violate, if this becomes law, let's back up. If this becomes law, which we're going to get into that with the Senate. Um, the Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission, the PHRC, would be basically the enforcement arm of this this new law. And all it would mean, like like Jess said, if you're Knobles and you don't want that grown man walking in after your five-year-old daughter and you stop the person, they get to then go and file a complaint against you. Now you're civilly and potentially criminally liable yeah. for discrimination against this person. I say criminally, that's a very big stretch there. Right. Um, but we have no idea what these activists are up to with trying to hijack all these, these laws and terms. Um, but the, again, the human relations commission would be the enforcement arm of this bill if it goes through. And it's for also, um, you know, if you, if you belong in there, <laughs> politicians are really trying to backpedal on this one and say that, that, no, 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 it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that any state funded activity, so I want to erase everybody saying there's like four different cr criteria, like, you know, women's shelters would be affected by this. Churches or religious schools would be affected by this. That's all true, but it's any state funded activity, any state funded activity. If this is a Pennsylvania state law, it is applicable to any state funded activity. So right. th this it, it's, it could be so many different entities that would be affected by this. Um, and with this, of course, just reading it, you're saying to yourself, there's no way this passes. No. There's no way, with especially without a legal definition of what this, quote, gender identity really means. There's no way a legislator can go up in good faith and say, yep, I want anybody who identifies as anything at any time to be able to use whatever facilities they want to use. Right. But it happened, right, Jess? It did. And I don't, I don't even know how they can't see what kind of chaos that will cause. You know, I, yeah. I, we have separate spaces for a reason. Like that is literally like life without boundaries right there. There is literally no like objective truth at all. So without the definition, without a legal definition of gender identity, how could you ever vote for that bill? I just, I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't see it. So let's do this. That's House Bill 300. If anybody can go Google it, look at the text yep. of House Bill 300. You'll see exactly what we're talking about. Right. Now, that's the bill itself. So we went and we actually went to a legislative breakfast, myself, Jess, and Amy, who's part of our group. She's our second vice president. And we questioned the two legislators um, to their face. And I know we're, we're going to get to that in a little bit, Jess. But for now, I want to talk about the next artifact that was brought up. But it's being based. We we went and researched that based upon their answers, right? right? What was their excuse to us about this house bill? Didn't that they tell was, us for a reason? Yeah, they said that 
before Tom Wolf's uh, term was over, uh, the former governor of Pennsylvania, um, he put in place, they said it was an executive order. We did our homework and realized that it was some sort of a regulation, um, basically saying that, you know, non-discrimination includes gender identity and expression. Um, so they were talking about legislation. Maybe you can be better explain because I still don't. It doesn't make sense to me. And maybe because it just doesn't make sense at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense at all to me. Why then would you vote, still vote for this legislation? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. And I'll do my best to try and explain this um, to my understanding of the whole thing. So we know in, in our current governmental structure, we have the executive branch and the legislative branch. The executive branch has been seen in the last few years can absolutely unequivocally abuse the power of the office and put out 7,000 executive orders slash edicts right. on the people. And that seems to be what you're alluding to. Governor Wolf put out some edict that said, right. you know, there's, there's this new regulation that even though legally and legislatively it's always been under this term, I'm going to change it to now include these other terms too, because I can do that because I'm a dictator. Mm -hmm. um, we certainly don't agree with that one bit, but I guess that happened according to these two legislators. I didn't know that. I don't think any of us knew that they said there was an executive order. So I'm like, okay, let me go look for this executive order. Well, I found a regulation, which has also now been talked about and we've emailed back and forth on this regulation, but I don't, I don't see this executive order, but anyways, the regulation is going to drive you nuts too. So Think of it from the standpoint of a just a government agency, a bureaucracy. Congress, if, if we look at the federal level, the federal level, I can talk. Congress has the authority to establish agencies. Those agencies then have strict um, guidance and oversight to disciplines. So like you have OSHA. Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Right. They clearly look for occupational safety, make sure your hard hat's on, all that good stuff. But the establishment of those agencies comes through congressional authority. The same exact thing happens in the Commonwealth, right? So our, our General Assembly has the ability to establish agencies that oversee our well-being, for lack right. of a better term. So this same commission entered a rule change back in 2022, and I'm sure they did it in complete concert with the politicians in Harrisburg that believe in this ideology, guaranteed. And it's the same Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission. So they submitted this new regulation, which I want to re read directly off the necessity um, part of the framework that they submitted. Quote, sex is a protected class... Um, Oh, I'm sorry, sex as a protected class is undefined. The question has arisen over whether sex discrimination um, includes discrimination based upon sexual orientation, transgender identity, gender transition, gender identity, and gender expression. They, they quote here, I don't know how true this is, Pennsylvania courts have consistently held that the Pennsylvania Human Relations Act, PHRA, is to be interpreted consistent consistently with federal anti-discrimination law. Accordingly, upon review of the evolving case law of interpretations of discrimination on the basis of sex, um, they find that they needed to expound and expand 
the definition of quote sex. So this okay. commission believes that the um the basis of sex now is not biology just you're either a male or you're a female no 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 they're much smarter than everybody else they think now that they can include under the definition of sex now this is important now i'll get to why this is important sex assigned at birth is now a definition under this regulation sexual orientation is a definition under this regulation i think we already know what that is but gender identity one's innermost concept of self as male, female, a blend of both or neither, how individuals perceive themselves and what they call themselves. One's gender identity can be the same or different from their sex assigned at birth. So that's what this commission put into this regulation. Now, here's the really crappy part. They didn't change the regulation per se because they, they did a little trickery. They added a new definition to the word sex. You get what I'm saying? There's still three criteria that you can't discriminate against in Pennsylvania, sex, religion, and race. But now but they they're now saying expanded. sex means something different than what you thought it meant. Now it includes gender transition, gender expression. All the, uh, the insanity is now included in this regulation. So what the legislators told us is true to a degree because right. this thing exists. Now, this is why elections have consequences and elections matter, and we've always said that, but it's so true now. This change has to go through the, the rules process. So anytime you want to change a regulation, you have, to, you have to put it through the regulatory review process. Well, the arbiters of any rule change is the independent, um, I forget the IRCC, an independent regulation something committee. I'll look it up. But they are all basically um, chosen by legislators. Go figure, right? So, like, the Republican Party got to put one in. The Democrat right. Party got to put one in. Right. The president of the Senate got to put one in. And the minority of the Senate got to put one in. So everybody gets their choice two to two. So no matter what, it's going to be bipartisan because it's going to be two to two. Well, yeah. it's five-member board. That fifth member is chosen by the governor. And the governor was Tom Wolf who literally is pushing all this stuff. Right. So that independent review or independent regulation commission, whatever, they're not independent, by the way. They approved this change in late 2022. However, and I know that was a lot, as it stands right now, the final regulation has not been pushed out there as live. It still apparently is sitting with Josh Shapiro, according to these legislators. So their excuse to us was, we want to codify language. I, again, I don't know how you codify between those two. We just read the two of the same things. Right. The regulation and House Bill 300 say a lot of the same. I don't know what there is to codify there. But that was what they explained to us why they voted for it was, excuse me, to be more specific about what, quote, gender identity means. Albeit, when we saw them at the breakfast, and I asked them what it meant legally, they said Nobody there's no legal that. definition. There's no legal definition. So it's still that open-ended slippery slope, right. right? Right. But I hope that makes sense. I know that was a lot of, of it, this is all this legal writing they do. But no matter what, House Bill 300 over 20 times has the term, quote, gender identity. This regulation has sex being changed, the definition of sex being changed to include gender identity. 
both of these are extremely dangerous and we need to uh we need to fight back like absolutely hardcore. so if you're still following uh where this bill is at this point um it's passed through the house of representatives and now it moves on to the pennsylvania senate um we were at this breakfast uh, senator lisa baker was there she did not have anything we, we did ask the questions like ben said um she didn't have anything to say about it um maybe she needs to take some time and really read it over you know maybe they don't even look at them until they get to their to the senate you know um i don't know but she didn't have anything to say about it so um that's where it moves next and both of the representatives who voted for the bill coffer and Rencavage, both um said that they hope that the senate edits and and does kind of um rip it apart and then brings it back to the house of representatives um but as it is right now as we read it right now this is not something that they should have voted for so again it's it's kind of a game that they're playing down there in Harrisburg i think um but we wanted to make you aware of of why it is so dangerous um yeah and so we also wanted to expand right on their their they answered our questions and we're going to play some clips they answered yeah. our questions yeah but we needed as as an advisory as a group as a a bunch of parents that aren't just going to take politicians answers for things we we looked into it ourselves and that's what we're reporting out today that I don't see anything in the regulation that changes House Bill 300 in any way. No. And and I, and I don't see exactly what they were talking about in terms of, you know, this is going to codify the language. If you say gender identity, there's no way to, to change the, quote, gender identity language to anything else. Right. What do you right. change? And they didn't try to change it. It's still in there. It's so still in there. So that's, I mean, and that's what we've been saying, you know, since at least I jumped on board a few months ago is like when gender identity becomes part of those non-discrimination, you know, policies, that's when we have, that's when we have an issue. That's when, when, that's when we're in trouble. So Big time. Yep. do you want me to play your question to Representative uh, Coffer and Rinkavage? This yeah, is so I'll I'll preface this. Yeah, yeah, we were at the legislative breakfast. We made sure we went there because we wanted to confront these guys the week they did this. And they tried, they they talked. And I want to I want you guys to know this. It's amazing. They got up there, they all had a chance to talk for about a minute, all the uh politicians that were there. Mm -hmm. These two politicians didn't have the decency to even bring this up. They didn't even bring this up, up until I asked the question during QA. Right. They, they were definitely hoping no one was bringing that up. <laughs> they wanted to bypass this issue like it never, ever happened. Right. You see what happened. Let, let me just say this, Jess. You see what happens with, with Bud Light when they come out with the trans activist and it was a complete mistake and capitalism prevailed and they showed them what they did was wrong. Right. Um, We're not in the minority on this on this conversation. We are absolutely in the the far, far majority on this one. And people need to stop being scared and thinking that they're they're transphobes or bigots or they can throw every word in the world out there that they want to, but it doesn't mean anything. It right. means absolutely nothing. Well, we've said this, and we we even said this to to Aaron Coffer after this was not on the record. This is not part of our recording, but we had a private conversation with him afterwards, and um, we even said to him like we really are okay with the way that people live their lives. Like we have no issue, but when it affects our kids. And when it puts them in potential danger, that's when we have to step in. 
And so, you know, I feel like that is, we, we are not for discrimination. We are, you know, not homophobes or transphobes or any of those phobes. Like we're just not, um, we are a-okay with the way that people choose to live their lives. You live in a free country, whatever, whatever you choose to do with your life is your business. But when you start to open the door to, uh, males going into female spaces, I'm sorry, like that, that is not, that's not okay with me. Yeah. I mean, your, your rights don't, you know, everybody has their boundaries as a free citizen. You don't get to just trample all over my rights. It ain't going to happen. Right. So, yeah. Right. So they didn't bring this up. So I, I made it a point that we, we knew going into this meeting, we were going to ask these questions. So if you will just play my question and then we'll tell you what they, how they answered. Um, I'm here today as a father. I took a day off work for my big boy job. But I think it's important for me to be here to ask questions. Um, in my spare time, I volunteer as the vice president of Citizens Advisory in Pennsylvania. I sent you all a note earlier this week um, to piggyback up what my colleague Amy stated. I didn't really hear an answer to the question, but that's fine. I'm not expecting a real answer. The question was parental opt-in or opt-out. That was a different topic, but we'll get to that. To make yeah, sure for our children. And my understanding is truth is getting rolled out and there's no choice. That's the question. That's the issue that we're asking about. Also, as a parent, I have a daughter, a young daughter. So when I joined the Marine Corps, I did so after 9-11 because something went inside me and said I need to do something about this. I'm in the same battle right now because my daughter's under attack. House Bill 300 was passed earlier this week. I should say I'm surprised, but I'm not that you all didn't take the opportunity at the podium to address that. So I'd like you to address it now. You made a statement um, that has been shared on social media that the you know the issues that we're all concerned about will not be in the bill. Well, is that assurance from you good enough legally when a boy follows my daughter into the bathroom? Is that an, an interrogation that was referred to? Is that part of the bill? Does that go in the bill? So I can legally challenge that? Or is this just an assurance from a politician that I should go to sleep and I know it? Everything's fine. Everything's good. Thank you, and thank you for the let me address the truth question that you had, and then I'll address three of them. So copper speaking. Yeah. Before opt-in versus opt-in, I think I mentioned before about opt-in. Um, in regard to House Bill 300. So if you're referring to the video that I that you saw my remarks in, um, there's a disagreement over wording, right? There's a, and the wording of whether things are in there or not is what the question is in regard to. Um, the, but the interrogation that happened on the prime sponsor on the bill specifically went line by line asking questions of, does this affect anything with transgender bathrooms? No. Does this affect anything with women in sports? No. Um, does this require doctors to perform procedures? No. Those questions were asked point blank, right down on exactly what the bill does. That that is my reading of the bill. I encourage you to read the bill. I read the bill. So if you read, it's still in there. So the amendment that went in in appropriations came put in further religious protections, stripped out any education mandates that are there. And there's a disagreement over the language of what it is. 
I personally believe that's in there. And I said in my remarks, because it's going over to a Republican Senate, that if this, these, if there are questions here, let's clarify them, let's get them on the record. Are the Democrat sponsors saying this is not in there? Let's put these protections further in, in the Senate that's controlled by Republicans, to make sure that if there are any questions about this, that this will be covered. I talked about leadership actually over the last couple of days, saying, you know, if we all agree that this is, we want non-discrimination, I support non-discrimination. I, I, you know, that's where I personally am. I don't know where you are, but, you know, I support non-discrimination. That's uh, part mm -hmm. of what this legislation is. And should that be specifically to what we're trying to cover here, non-discrimination, not trying to get into these other issues because U.S. Supreme Court law uh, protects this right now, right? And says regulation here in Pennsylvania, this is a codification of what those things are so that we can move forward without those issues being quagmired into this. So that is what I think where we're going is to exactly what I described. Um, like I said, there's a disagreement over wording. You know, some people think that the language isn't strong enough. I, I, I would take that's probably your opinion uh, of what you're sharing. Gender and, identity. And What's identity? Does that mean I could be a girl tomorrow? Or do I have to medically transition? Well, so uh, you guys voted, and it's not in there. Gender identity is an identity. So there are there are definitions and other clauses of the law, and it's actually under already what is U.S. Supreme Court law already undefined. This was written by Justice Gorsuch um, just a few years ago. Blaine versus Bostock was covered. So these are the issues that, for me, non-discrimination is non-discrimination. That's what I believe in. Uh, you know, the, the clauses of what this is covered and not covered. It's the official legislative report of what this is under, under in the House of Representatives. And, you know, that's what I believe in. So I, I hope that answers your questions. I'm sure you have more questions. I'm sure we can talk more after this, but sure. So. Put a cop out. I, re, listening to that again just make, like makes my blood boil a little bit. Um, so wrong. This, we'll have to talk about this in another episode because it's going to take a long time. But the Supreme Court rulings these people keep talking about when it comes to Title IX are not accurate. No. Clayton v. Bostock does not govern the entirety of boys' and girls' bathrooms. And we, we need to talk about that at a future time. Yeah. He, he's not, that's not an accurate representation of what the Supreme Court is saying. So. It's almost as though he doesn't know. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I'm sure that, you know, he's trying to to hide things, maybe. Um, but, like, it's almost as though he doesn't really understand what is wrong with this bill. Like, that he doesn't understand that gender identity is still. What's that? Sorry, he keeps saying non-discrimination as if, as if we're for discrimination. Right. It's a cop out. That's what I mean. They try and deflect it to something else. It has nothing and to do with discrimination. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, aren't we're already protected, right? Like sexual orientation, religion, all those things are already protected. So why this bill? Why is this necessary at this point? It's not necessary. It's this push by the these activists that are all part of this transgender community that are pushing all across the nation for all the, these new rights. And again, it goes to what we said before. If you're a female and you say that you're a male, you're still protected under sex discrimination, but you're not going to get the protections that a male, well, th there's really no other protections. They're the same protections, but right. that's why this is so tricky. But you get what I'm saying? Like 
you don't get added coverage because you say that you check a box. Correct. You don't get added coverage. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. They're trying to add coverage to protections. And it means me and you, you and I, if I'm speaking properly, we get uh the same we get the regular coverage coverage and then these folks get, you know, bonus coverage. And then at the same time, it's, it's not putting our daughters at risk and danger, right? I mean, that's one hundred percent. Yeah. And again, if you don't if you can't even define legally what identity means, then there is absolutely no business putting that into a bill ever anywhere. No. And, 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 and we're not surprised, right, that a Democrat wrote the bill, right? I mean, we're not surprised about that. So and and then let's just also real quick, he, what he was talking about there was that there was debate, legislative debate right before the bill was voted on. Is that is that accurate? And so he was saying that he was asking line by line, does this mean this? Does this mean this? And that if this happens to come up in court, that the legislative debate would be submissible in court as to the intention of the bill. Um, I don't care. It still says gender identity. Yeah. And that, that's a bunch of political games in my eyes because a bill is written and that becomes statutory. Right. I mean, right. that's you know the language of bills is, is statutes. Um, and, you know, he tried saying that. So let's let's back up. Like you had a good question there. If you have to interrogate the sponsor of the bill and put it on record and an attorney has to do the interrogation. Do you think there might be something wrong with the bill right. to where you think you need to legally protect yourself? If it's not a common sense bill that most Pennsylvanians would agree with, you wouldn't have to go through that process. Well, not only that, but even after that process, they were still the only two Republicans. If, if they felt so comfortable that they were ready to vote for this bill, right? Why were they the only two Republicans that voted for it? It's a great question. It's a great question. Uh, I think other Republicans would probably chime in and say, because it opens up a gigantic door that you allow anybody at any time to say that they are whatever. They are. I'm a grasshopper right now. Yeah. I'm actually going to leave this podcast and I'm going to go out and hang out in the grass and I'm just going to hop around. And if you don't respect that I'm a grasshopper, then you're a bigot, yep. homophobe, transphobe, every name of the book, right? We're going to throw okay. every name of the book out there. Absolutely. They're all of them. How did, how did Rick Cabbage respond to this? All one? right, let's play it. Let's one? play the clip. Because this one actually touches a little on that interrogatory thing that he uh, stated. As you know, and to, to Aaron's remarks, uh, I'll add just one more thing. Um, and I'm not a lawyer, so I can't speak 100% on this. Uh, but you asked the question specifically of, is that interrogation part of the law? Well, it's not part of the language of the law. If it were ever to go to court, they will pull the legislative record and they will question what was the intent when making of the law. And the author did state his intent clearly that he does not want to see, uh, you know, biological men playing in women's sports and in our locker rooms and our bathrooms. And for the record, that is something I also do not want to see. That is something I also do not believe in. Um, when I took that vote, I took that vote as a, as, a, as a generational issue. Being somebody who grew up in the age of social media, gay rights has been something that, as a young Republican and as other young Republicans, we just don't see it as 
as a big issue, but we also don't want to see biological men in, in, in women's locker rooms. We don't want to see them in sports. And so I hear your your concerns. I'm I'm gonna wait and see what comes out of the Senate. I, I think from what we're hearing from leadership that the bill will be strengthened and it will come back for another vote. It is not law yet, and you can hold us accountable and see what happens when, when it comes out of when it comes out of the Senate. And um, if it comes back to the House, see what happens from there. I mean, we're not going anywhere. We're gonna be watching. Thank you. So I, I give him some respect for the fact that his personal stance, he at least, you know, would state that he's not right. to the girls facilities. Uh, I'll give him that credit. Um, and maybe he was hijacked. Maybe he was yeah. lied to by Aaron Copper. Maybe. I don't know. It's still not, it we, still we should also mention, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, it's good to mention this, right? He's new. He, Alec Rinkavage was just elected in November. That was his first vote. That was his first vote as a representative. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's so disheartening to hear somebody say it's a generational issue. Uh, there's been people with sexual orientation going back a hundred years. Um, and sure, it wasn't accepted as much as it going is going through the decades and decades and yep. decades. hundred percent. But it, it goes to show you the kind of the political way where, we at, we're asking you about an issue and you only pick part of the issue to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about sexual orientation. If that's the general generational issue you're talking about, we're not talking about that. We were no. very clear with what we were talking about. We sent a letter to these folks. We were right. very clear. <clears throat> we don't want somebody that says I identify as a male or a female on any given day, any given minute. That's what our issue is. And they just, they didn't want to address the overall issue. You know, on certain occasions, they wanted to talk about sexual orientation. You know, you're just not answering the question. I agree. So, but that's where we're at with House Bill 300. I mean, again, that was a lot kind of to digest. Um, I'm glad we were able to put out our firsthand accounting and and kind of the testimony from the, you know, from the um, representatives there. Because when issues like this do come up, we will be at those events. We will ask questions. We will record them. Mm-hmm. And we'll make sure that um, our folks get to hear exactly what's going on, right? Absolutely. And um, maybe it's, it's you know, uh, pertinent to know that, like, we are going to meet with Alec from Cabbage. Um, we had an appointment with him today. He had to reschedule. But we still plan on talking to him about this bill um, and and holding him accountable, like he said to do, right? We're not we're not going anywhere like you said. So, um, yeah, it was a lot, but this is, this is important and it is important. Maybe we should say this too. It is important to start getting after your senators about this, right? It is important to start, to start getting in their ear that, that you do not support house bill 300 when it moves into the Senate, into the Senate. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, there are folks out there, a lot of middle Pennsylvania folks that are very convicted in their in their faith um, and God bless them and they may not agree with most of House Bill 300 I'm, I'm almost certain they don't agree with the parts that we don't agree with right um and, and that's something that again as a as a citizen of the United States of America your voice needs to be heard contact your senators and let them know if they're representing you and your you know, community has a certain viewpoint on this, 
the time is now. You can't mm-hmm. wait anymore. Absolutely. There, there's a full court press going on, as we can see. Full court press. Title IX is trying to be destroyed federally by the current White House. This is the Pennsylvania Title IX, folks. It really is. And if you want to protect our girls and women, you know, you, you gotta you gotta stand up now. There's no more sitting on the sidelines and watching this. You need to stand up. 100%. So Do something we, about it. we did say that we're going to always end with encouragement, right? So the encouragement is this, like what we have put out there about this bill is absolutely living rent free in these two representatives heads. They are contacting us. They want to make this right. So it just goes to show that it is so important to take that action, to talk to your representatives, to talk to your legislators. Um, they have to listen because they, if they want to keep their jobs. <laughs> so um, that's the encouragement. Was that? Or we vote them out, right? Right, we vote or them we out. Vote. Exactly, we, we primary them. Okay, so um, yeah, I think that's a wrap for episode two. And we are so thankful that you stuck with us for this long. It's a little bit of a longer one, but there was a lot to unpack here. Um, you know, stay tuned for episode three, which will come at you next week. Um, and please continue to keep in contact with us. You can go to our website at www.citizensadvisorypa.com. You can find us on Facebook um, at Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania and the same on Twitter. Um, and like Ben always likes to say, you'll see our logo there. So you know that it's us. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, have a great Friday. Keep up the fight. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for, thanks for all of that, unpacking all of that and all that research. That was a lot of work. So I really, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And, and everybody that's out there, you know, stay tuned, keep in touch with us and, uh, we'll see what next week brings Miss Jess, right? Yeah. We'll see. It's always, it's always a new adventure. <laughs> all right, you guys have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.